but he t- he talks about how he he Joe Rogan is a defender of of weed over alcohol. Like I mean, he smokes weed and he drinks alcohol. He does both pr- probably excessively, to be honest with you. But he's <laughs> what, he, how do you know what's excessive? Because he talks about being hammered. He talks about having oh, hangovers. Yeah. Like like I don't understand that. Why do you want to talk about that? Wouldn't you be kind of ashamed? No, I, I don't know. Yes, I would. But I think he... He's I mean, I a, get when you're like young and you're like, oh, dude, I got totally wasted last yeah, night. Yeah, but he's like 52. That's what I mean. You, yeah. uh, you're you like, at that point, you should be done with that. I found it weird, though, because he also talks a lot about working out and being healthy and doing jujitsu and like... Inconsistent. It's all inconsistent. I go, how do you rectify the two? And he's like, well, I, you know, he his statement is he just wants to live life to the fullest. And that means being as healthy as you can be, but indulging in drinking and weed mm. maybe excessively when the time is right, too. But anyway, he was he's a defender of marijuana over alcohol. He argues that alcohol he thinks is worse for you in all ways than weed is as far as like the effects it has on your body, the effects it has on society and yet we look down on weed as like this really like if you do if you smoke weed you're like, you know, in society it's not as accepted, but alcohol is totally accepted. Hmm. And he just thinks that's an odd thing. So, but he's a big defender of weed when you're of age, because he's like, if you smoke weed at a young age, your cognitive development can be stunted. Um, your frontal cortex. Yeah. Specifically. My wife would be all over that. Cause she's totally studying yeah. that. Yeah. She's always talking about that. Like, and it's Joe Rogan. It's not the Bible. Get, get, get your medical terminology out of here. Yeah. But yeah. You, I, I, you know, it's what we say before though. Like you, you can find your way to defend anything. If you mm-hmm. want to, Get against drinking. You can find articles why drinking's bad. If you want to defend why it's good for you, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of articles that say why it's good for you. Yeah. Right? Same thing with coffee. I remember drinking coffee growing up. It wasn't as big, right? Like, coffee's a mm-hmm. huge thing now between all ages, I feel like. But growing up, they would serve it maybe at my church. And I remember a lot of kids my age, and this is probably middle school, don't drink it. It stunts your growth. Mm-hmm. So everybody would say it stunts your growth. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that anymore? I don't hear it now. Now, now coffee's like a part of the culture to the degree that like, you're not cool if you don't drink coffee, right. no matter what age you are. So does it still stunt your growth or we just like keep that? Is that a conspiracy theory that, that we keep wrapped under you know what that our is? economy depends that's, on coffee? That's like one of those things that we talked about in previous podcasts where it's like things your parents tell you that you realize later were completely just false, like an <laughs> urban legend. But also mm-hmm. like one of the reasons that I never got into Dutch bros is mostly because there's like, <laughs> 17 kids waiting to get their Dutch bros every single day, no matter what time of day. You're like, don't you have school for one? Here's the problem, though, with with that right now. So my kid goes to high school, right? And his friends want to meet him at Dutch bros. And he's kind of developed a little bit of my mentality. He's like, oh, yeah, dad, it's gross. But all the kids want to go there. I want to go to Starbucks. But the problem is if he goes to Starbucks, all of a sudden, you're a high schooler going to Starbucks. What are you, bougie? Yeah, right. There's a there's a connotation with or maybe one it's you like old to. too because now I I, I associate Starbucks with like boomers like old people. Oh crap! And it's funny because uh, I just thought about that because it's like it's like uh, <clears throat> what is it? Dutch Bros would be like Instagram and Starbucks is like Facebook. How do you, how did the uh, who's MySpace? I wonder. <laughs> how did the people? Yeah, how does Starbucks keep up with that? Because do they know that they're that they're the Facebook? I don't think they do. They, they might even be the MySpace, actually, because they've been around for, I mean, they. I think Starbucks has been doing coffee since like the 90s, but I don't even know why I think of it that way. I, I know that on the East Coast, Dunkin' Starbucks, Donuts. Well, yes, but Starbucks is also relevant over there as like the bougie coffee place, oh, because really? on the East Coast, they don't have coffee culture whatsoever. Well, you don't have it everywhere. Yeah, you're right. Definitely on the East Coast. Uh, even you have coffee culture in other places, but not the same because you're you're cold here. 
It's mm-hmm. raining. Like, right? I mean, this week, it's been a torrential downpour. It's mm-hmm. been ridiculous. And you go, I just want a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then an hour later, like, I could just, like, cuddle up with some coffee. <laughs> and then, like, two hours later, like, how about another cup of coffee? That's, that's, you're exactly like um, my wife. She's, she's, I go, what is it about, because she'll get her coffee and she will barely drink it. And I always say, what? Why do you even bother? Like, when I it's drink sm- coffee. It's the aroma. It's the experience. It is. She's like, it's hot, It's something warm mm-hmm. and it's in the morning and it's just like a ritual. And For I go, me, it's something I, to keep in my hand. I don't, yeah, I don't relate to that at all. For me, coffee is 100% about the energy it gives you and I drink it as fast as yeah, I can. Yeah, you're, you're like a, just a practical person. Yes, I am. It's true. Like, is there a shot I could take that, you know, <laughs> was, a coffee shot? This is why I've diverted back to five hour You should energies. be an espresso drinker is what you should be. I really should. I, I know. It's just, it tastes so gross. It's a, it's a shot, dude. It's like just boom. I know. Out. I know. I should. I really should. In fact, I want to get more into coffee because how you're kind of like into the wine thing and you've taken off with that in the last like, you know, five years, whatever. Plus, I want to be like that with coffee because I do like coffee. Yeah, I think you could. I could. I'll <laughs> arrange it. With my brother-in-law, and we'll give a whole coffee experience. Because I've it. done it at my house. I got an espresso machine. He comes over, and we must have made, like, 20 different espresso shots. He's watching, like, how it comes out. The pour, the color, the foam. That one's not right. This one's too light. This one's too dark. And we tasted every one of them till we got the right how you pack it, what mm. basket we use, yeah. what pressure. And I'm like, dude, this is... I just want to make my coffee. I see the people who I consider like the connoisseurs of coffee who I like I follow like people on Instagram or weirdly a lot of athletes are into coffee because I think it's like a good like hmm. get you going in the day type thing um, but some of those espresso machines are really fancy looking and complicated looking with like dials and gauges and things. Even Starbucks got simpler man have you seen theirs they just press a button now. Yeah I see that and I go I could do what you do now <laughs> but they do that but what I notice is these people like weigh their coffee in grams uh-huh. to get exactly right. Yep. Like they get their recipe dialed in and I go, Oh, I like that. That's Doesn't cool. Todd at work do that? Yeah. There's a lot of people at work that just claim that they're like coffee. Call them out on it. But I don't know. Cause didn't you do like a taste test, a blind taste test? Uh, it was a blind taste test. Completely it, was, failed. it was our coffee, McDonald's and Dutch bros. Right. Mm-hmm. And because I was getting a hard time. First of all, let's explain that it was the pandemic. So uh-huh. I'm drinking McDonald's coffee because it's a dollar. Right. So I'm trying to be budget friendly. <laughs> and everybody thought we all of a sudden, like, dude, are you poor? <laughs> no, I just I like the <laughs> But coffee. you drove up in a brand new Defender. <laughs> that should be an indicator. Right. Well, that's why I had to drink Although McDonald's I did, coffee. I had that <laughs> moment with you, too, where like you're like, hey, man, I moved. And the first house you lived in when I met you was like a new construction, two-story house on a corner lot in a nice neighborhood. And I was like, oh, that's about what I would think my boss should live in. And then you moved into your mother-in-law's house, and it was it just looked so janky when you moved in. I was like, mm-hmm. is, it, is my job in jeopardy? <laughs> Are we okay? Yeah, I think, yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, we did that, ta- that taste test with the McDonald's coffee, and they were ripping on it and ripping on it. Dutch Bros is the best. And yeah, Dutch Bros got last place. Oh, no, that's and McDonald's got first. Hmm. How many cups, blind cups, did you give? The best part about it, this was Rona time, remember? And mm-hmm. we had everybody trying the same cup. Oh, funny. These were all the people that weren't scared of it, though. Spreading the Rona. Yeah, but obviously we didn't spread it because none of them got it until now. Everybody's getting it now. I know. Isn't that weird? Don't you feel like, don't you laugh at those memes that are like, um, it? how hypocritical? I mean, I'm, it's not even politics anymore. It's like the media. It's like the way that this, like, it's the way of life. Media and politics sort of just lies to the public but like all those kamala harris and joe biden things are like when donald trump was president this president doesn't have any plan for the pandemic 
um, elect Joe Biden and we'll show you what our plan is or whatever. Yeah. And then like snap forward to today and it's like the cases are, you know, doubling every day and it's the worst it's ever been. And I'm like, yeah, it's a virus, man. I don't even blame Joe Biden for that. Right. (laughs) I just go. Well, and it's just plowing through people. And some people are like, so should we treat this like the chicken pox? Should I just get it so I can get it over with? I kind of just am excited. I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but like I'm excited for it to spread like it is and and Mm -hmm. more people to experience it so that they can go, oh, it isn't that bad. The five people I know that have it right now Mm -hmm. have been vaccinated. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. One of them hasn't. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, is it just attacking the vaccinated people? But isn't it crazy how if somebody close to you gets coronavirus and it has a really bad effect on them, right? Like they're one of those outliers that has like, you know, has to be hospitalized or whatever. Right. I am guilty of focusing on that case just like that's the reality when I also know dozens and dozens of other people who have gotten it and had virtually no effect from it. Well, I mean, it's like anything. You don't want to be in that situation, right? I mean, sure. you would you would feel differently if somebody really close to you died from COVID. Totally. But you'd feel differently just like I do if somebody died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. I treat cars. when every Every time my son leaves in a car, I freak out. I'm mm-hmm. like, text me where you're going. I track where he's at. Not everybody does that. Who yeah. does that? I mean, I have all my other friends are like, oh yeah, they went this place, they went that place, and I'm I'm like sweating. I'm going, yeah. dude, just make it safely, please, Lord. Like, and anytime you hear a siren, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not my kid, is it? Sometimes I have to stop and think because like I have a lot of friends and family members who work at our company and commute often between mm-hmm. Portland and Salem, and I go, how have we all been making this commute for? the better part of a decade and aren't we all due up for somebody to just be in crash and die. I love that you said that. Thank you for doing that. Don't say that. I know. What's but it's, wrong with you? I, I think it. And then I have to physically force mm. the thought out of my head. Cause I go statistically, that's probably true, but I don't even want to think about that. I don't even want to think about that. Well, yeah. So this is funny. I want to talk to you about a couple things. Uh, one, I want to talk about January 6th, which is the insurrection day, but it's also a couple other things. You say that as though it's like a, a national holiday that everyone ought to autom- automatically recognize. Dude, the, the media is hyping it up. They hype you up. Because when you told me about Insurrection Day... Not, I, let, me t- let me tell you this. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about New Year's resolutions a little bit. And, and we'll see if we get to it. But the reason why it comes up is my son turns 17 on January 6th. Mm-hmm. And my wife, who does not like the news, hates it anytime I watch it. And then she's like, kind of sucks that he shares that birthday with the uh, Insurrection Day. And I go, What? You did, Do you want you to clarify just for everybody follow, what insurrection you're talking about? When the writers, protesters, whatever they were. Patriots. Some of them were <laughs> patriots. Some of them were Antifa. Antifa. Um, some of them were actors. Who knows? Who knows what they right. were? But they were on the White House front lawn, right? And mm-hmm. then they stormed the Capitol. What was, and was, what was their perceived intent again? What were they trying to accomplish? I have no idea. We don't know. What Do you did know the what media they were trying say? To I don't know. Well, I, I They read, were trying to keep president trump in office yeah i think that's what it was so so when you said oh uh let's talk about the insurrection and and then you walked away cryptically like as though i'm supposed to know what that means yeah i don't know I you googled, wouldn't know what that is i literally googled january 6 insurrection and wikipedia thank you wikipedia laid it out and they did they described it as Kid, uh, wikipedia me right now yeah they wikipedia i wikipedia and they described january 6 as the day that protesters tried to storm the capitol and interrupt a con- congressional session in order oh, that's to right stop the electoral college votes from being counted and like potentially keeping Donald Trump in office, which yeah. is like, I don't think that's even if you got that, that doesn't stop it. Right. No, That doesn't. It's like, so what do they call in security and reconvene later? And then they're like, yeah. So anyway, it's back to that again. Right. That's, that's what I was like. Really idiotic. 
And really, media? Like, you think that they thought that was going to... Plus, there's, like, video of people just walking in, and this is where you and I are a little flabbergasted. How did they not get shot? Right. There's who's, video of who's people just letting that? them in, though. Right. Oh, letting them in. So, yeah. who's, whose fault is it? Is it the people that protesting? Let's pretend they are the worst. Let's pretend they're Antifa and Proud Boys, both sides of the fence, right? Why are we not stopping them? That's more concerning to me than anything. Or, or whoever why... is trying to take over... Shoot them in the freaking kneecaps. Right. Why are we, and, and why is there such a double standard, right? Because, well, I guess there isn't because they let the, the, the patriots in too. But it did feel like during that time frame, and I talked to you about this earlier, how whenever BLM protested, right, and it Blum. got violent, or Antifa, it was like accepted by the media. Like if it gets violent, if they're looting, they're not looting. We need just, to get violent. They're just taking what's, you know, what's, what's been denied to them their whole life. Mm-hmm. But yet if it were ever any sort of like a right wing or a Republican protest, it would be like scrutinized to the nth degree. Yeah. It's weird. Nth. I think this is why nobody trusts the media anymore. Because I think, well, 20- that's why, I mean, that's my bigger point in it. Do you even, do you, what do you think happened on January 6th? Or do you buy into any of it? Any, any direction? No, I think some... Do you think it was planted Antifa? I... Do you think it was people really trying to take over? I don't think that... I don't think it was a well-orchestrated effort to do anything. I think that it was a little bit of like, mm. um, you know, like in the old days, like a run on the bank, like one person wants to withdraw, so they hear it, and then two people, and the next thing everyone's like, oh, everyone's withdrawing their money, let's all go get our money out of the bank, then the bank collapses. I think it's a little bit of that, where it was like, it turned probably was like a peaceful protest of some sort that just got sort of like whipped into a frenzy. Aren't these people serving like major yeah. jail time? Yeah. I think they all got held really accountable for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I that's what I think about. It. I go, yeah, maybe it was maybe you were getting caught up in the moment for some of the people. Yeah. They're there and they don't know what they're protesting because some people like to protest for protest sake and some people did know. But even if you did know and you thought you were a worthy cause and you're now going to spend the rest of your life in prison cuz you tried to invade the Capitol. Right, insane. Well, it would suck. It's insane. It's like you can commit all sorts of like wire fraud and def- defraud people. shoot somebody in the face with a prop gun. Well, you could you could you could defraud people of millions of dollars and serve like five years on a wire fraud charge, right? But if you do something like storm the Capitol, somehow those carry huge penalties. I um, I thank you. You, you can have the rest of that one. <laughs> We're just reaching for the bottle here. Mm-hmm. We can just stop the show at any. I'm, time. I'm kind of glad though. Aren't you a little bit glad that the whole I was talking to my sister about this earlier, that when Donald Trump was in office, you felt a lot of burden to defend him against the haters, even if you didn't love every policy that he had. And now that that's over, there's a certain amount of relief that you're like, well, at least I don't have to spend all my time defending a president who everyone just hates no matter what he does. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm, I'm an admitted Trump supporter and I tell people that and somebody like, I can't believe you admit that. And uh, you know, uh, hopefully it doesn't cause too much drama, but I'm not, I'm not always calling out all the lib people like you mm-hmm. like to do. Mm-hmm. And some people were over at my house the other day, and I haven't changed my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> but do you know what it is? Mm-mm. It's Trump 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I should probably change that because people come over and like, what's your Wi-Fi? Uh, uh, it's like the people with the Hillary Clinton sticker. And you're like, dude, just take it off your car. Or the Sanders ones. Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I need, to, I need to. Somebody had a Trump flag in my neighborhood, and they put their house on the market, and they definitely took that down. Mm. There was a guy in my neighborhood who uh, he had a Trump 2020 flag up and it kept getting like desecrated, like 
in Kaiser too, where I thought it was kind of a conservative. Oh wow, yeah. It would get ruined, and then the next day he'd put another one up, and I was like, "Hey, good for this guy. He's like resilient. He's like sticking to his guns." Then it would get like ripped in half. Then it would get spray painted over, and eventually it was just gone. I was like, "Oh, do he you, gave up." Do you want him to run again? Not really. I know. I don't really. Either. I kind of don't want him to. I, I kind of want like a fresh, more legitimate politician. And and listen, I I understand and I do appreciate the non political aspect that he brought to politics. That was nice. Yeah. But I think it was very divisive. I think so. I that's the problem. Like when I say I'm a Trump supporter, you you could get me to agree with a lot of things I didn't agree with Trump on. I'm not just blindly following yeah. Trump. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't like. I don't know if people will do that on the other side. And and. Or, moreover, could you just admit there are some good things, factually, that Trump did that were good? Yeah. I mean, yeah. whether you like to admit that he's a good person or not, he might not be. He's probably not. I mean, the, look at his marriages and yeah. the women he's been with. Yeah, that's probably not the best. And when you have that much money, you you tend to do some things that yeah. we would frown upon, for who, sure. Who would be the ticket? The Republican ticket? I think DeSantis is the Republican ticket. DeSantis and yeah. who would be his running mate? I don't know. Who is he in the running? Trump. <laughs> Wait, you you running mate like his vice president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Um, so who would be the Democratic ticket if not? I mean, we all assume Joe Biden's going to die or get impeached. Or, that's really heartless of you. Well, hey, you think the, he's going to get impeached? I don't know. Didn't you hear that today or the last couple of days? Like uh, Ted Cruz, that's his name. Ted Cruz. That is that is Ted Cruz's he's, name. He's talking yeah. about he has grounds to impeach, and you're like wondering. I don't. Know. I mean, they had grounds to impeach. You know what? That's the thing. This whole last five years. They've just decredited, decredited, discredited, discredited. There it is. Discredited everything. Impeachment means nothing anymore. It meant something until they decided to impeach yeah. Donald Trump twice. And it, and it, what did that mean? What did it do? It did nothing. Right. Yeah. It's like you realize how much, um, it, de- how, how much politics play in every aspect of politics, which is like, if you have a majority in the house or in the Senate or both, it's like, you really can't get anything done. Try to impeach us. We don't care. We're not going to do it. Right. Uh, and and then I remember being nervous about that too, when he was getting impeached. I was like, Oh, what does this even mean? I knew nothing about what was happening. I was just nervous. And yeah. then nothing happened. I go, uh, and then I started reading and I go, Oh, so like nothing happens. <laughs> well, he got impeached in like the house, but not the Senate or something. Yeah. Like right? it died on the Senate floor. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But what have we Bill, learned? But Bill Clinton got impeached in both. I think, I don't know. That that's one I don't know about. He hmm. he think he did. But what is it what did that mean? I don't know. If you were to fast forward to today and Bill Clinton was in office and had that affair, do you think he would be impeached now? I feel like he would. Still I mean, that was like brazen because uh who was the Star Star Jones was the lady who was like really like spearheading the whole exposing what happened? Oh, for for, for Monica, uh, Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. She was like a friend of Monica and she was like taping things that Monica was saying. And then I think Monica even came out and said it. And it's like, I think it was like overwhelming evidence. I think it would be hard not to impeach a sitting yeah, but president. I, I mean, would we view that as, like, well, he's just being. Well, I think now just, what I believe. Exploring his feelings the, for other the people. Media, well, it's like the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Never heard anything about that except for. Well, that's that guy's also idiotic. Why would you keep all that stuff in your laptop? And then turn it in to be like, hey, can you fix this? And then never come back and retrieve it. I have a laptop. Every There's no incriminating evidence on my no. laptop. Even if I had incriminating evidence, I wouldn't keep it there. No. Like, yeah. man, can I get my laptop back? I have some stuff on there I really need to get off. It's kind of or important. Or would you like wipe it clean before you turned it in? If you're like a semi-public figure before you turn it in. Yeah, he's an old person. He probably doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, that's true. But I think if anything, the last couple of years have taught me that 
not a lot gets done in politics or exactly what we thought it was. You know, it's like, it's politics. It's mm-hmm. just a dirty, disgusting game. It is. It, it is not great. Dis- disheartening. Are you, bit. so more people got involved in politics, or at least we feel like that in the last five years when Donald Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. Are you upset that you're this involved in politics now? Do I'm want, ups- Do you want out? I'm upset that I've lost so much faith in the political system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just feel like it, it is a big game, you know? Yeah, but you want... Kind of marginalizes everything a little bit. Do you have... Man, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Do you not... Is it just our political system, or is it generally across the globe right now? I mean, my gut feeling is any political system given enough time becomes corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like... Because you look at what's happening in other countries, and I go, I wouldn't want to live there. And sometimes I go, this is why we live in this country... But then even some of our some of our rights here are are being taken away. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is like I still think we live in the most free country there is as far as like the rule of law is generally respected and freedoms are a thing that we protect and things like that. But it's getting worse. But who's we? That's the pro- that's I think that's what I'm learning the most. You're m- more recently than ever it's like we don't get as much say you think, mm-hmm. Oh, the people rule it, but not really. I mean, we're getting so you just see what's happening with schools. What's happening with, uh, having to wear masks, what's happening with, happening with the mask mandates, um, uh, vaccine mandates. And you go, okay, yeah, we don't get as much say. It's really mm-hmm. the people that we voted that get the say, which you say, well, that's why you vote for them. But I mean, at some point, can't we be like, nah, I mean, you see what's happening in Australia and they're going, nah, but they're still getting shut down. Yeah. And you wonder how that's going to play out. And part of me looks at Australia and I'm like, oh, I wonder how that will play out. Because if they can kind of like rise up and say, nah, and actually like make the nah stick, then that would be good. Because I go, oh, there is some hope. They've been trying for a little while now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about it other than it's getting very uh, like tyrannical over there. You want to know something crazy? I was in Texas over Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. And Oregon came on the news more than the Texas news. Well, I should say I was on, you know, you're watching CNN or Fox or whatever. And they're Oregon keeps populating yeah. on there, whether it be the snowstorm that happened here or our politics. It was, it was crazy. Hmm. I was like, what the heck is happening? Why are we, we don't get this news. And then I'm in church and they were, they were talking about, uh, you know, heathen cities. And they mentioned Portland as well. They're like, it's not like we're Portland. I was like, oh my gosh, we are on the map everywhere. Isn't, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It's a weird feeling to be a part. Because be when a f- I went to college in Texas, yeah. I remember telling people where I was from, they're like, oh, where's that? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even, they couldn't put Oregon on a map. No, nobody knew about us because for a long time we were just kind of like the, we were nobody. You're really. like, there's three states on the West Coast. It goes California, Oregon, Washington. They're like, yeah, so where is it? <laughs> in between California and Washington. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I uh, It's a little embarrassing. That now you don't even have to say Oregon. You just say Portland. And they're like, oh, yeah. They yeah. don't assume Portland, Maine, or whatever they no. did before. No, it's true. And I, I think we are on the map a lot more. Like I told you, when I met my wife, I asked her what, you know, I told her what I thought about New Jersey. And what did you think about Oregon? She was like, I never thought about Oregon, ever. <laughs> Didn't know it existed. Didn't know it existed. And then, and then the weird thing was, is like, my wife got to see Portland in what, like, the very end of its heyday before it got psychopolitical. And she actually got to explore the city a little bit and was like, dang, this is a really nice city because it's like this mix of 
trees and nature and mm-hmm. rural and old and new and it's clean. That's the thing she said most of all was it was clean because, you know, you go to New York City, which I, I did see New York and I was like, dang, this place is a dumpster fire. Trash everywhere. Trash everywhere. Rats they, everywhere. They don't have garbage cans. They just no, put garbage bags on the sidewalk. They just leave them on the street. Like I was walking in New York with her avoiding enormous piles of trash. Do they, do they not fit garbage cans I, or what's the i have no the idea what that? their policies are but she loved <laughs> portland and then within a year it was trash yeah we still don't have sacks of garbage on the sidewalk though no that's we true have but we have like system. roving gangs of antifa who are ungoverned almost completely i know i was telling somebody they're like well is it really that bad no you can walk around portland it's not that bad but just don't go out you know i mean there's certain places you don't go out at night and they're like Really? I said, well, 7-Eleven closes at 4 p.m. So mm-hmm. they're like, what? Yes. <laughs> when 7-Eleven closes at 4 p.m., you know you kind of have Bank a- of America boards up its windows at 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw the Apple store. I mean, it's like a freaking yeah. fortress around it. Well, it's like, it. I mean, that's like L.A. to some degree. It's like, um, this is what is so interesting to me is, how do these politicians and these policies keep getting voted into place when they're having such a clearly negative impact on the economy and the populace? Like... We talked about fraudulent um, votes. Yeah, we talked about uh, that's conspiracy. Joe Rogan moving to, to talk Texas. We talked about um, oh, yeah, huge companies like Tesla left California. Dude, I so I was in Austin and they're building the Tesla factory there or the headquarters or whatever it is. Had it's ginormous. Wow. Oh my gosh, it's huge. I can't wait until it's finished. I want to tour it. It looks so cool. And and then Joe Rogan, I heard on the radio, like he's really he's really like battling the the cancel culture right now he really is um but taking he, it head on he had he which is one of the reasons i really like him because i think he's he's like a old school liberal like he he does believe in subsidizing the economy with things like public services mm-hmm. and things like that um but he does not like cancel culture he's a comedian by trade like that's what he does other than his podcast and he believes you should be able to say whatever you want and he gets a lot of flack like when he moved it you knew when he moved to uh off of YouTube onto Spotify officially, yeah. like a bunch of these woke kid employees at Spotify were like, we're going to protest and quit if you hire Joe Rogan, basically. And good for Spotify. They didn't care. They're like, well, he's going to be on. So and they cares? paid him like $100 million. Yeah, they so. paid him like $100 million. But they took his but, material off everywhere. But most recently, most recently, well, actually when they transferred his archive of um, interviews over from YouTube to Spotify, they people immediately noticed that Spotify tried to curate his um, body of work and exclude people who work like conservative voices like Hmm. Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. When all of um, Joe Rogan's work got transferred over to Spotify, no Ben Shapiro, no Jordan Peterson, which for me, those are like my favorite ones. I noticed, I was like, they're not on there. And then he commented on it and then he got it turned around and they're like, okay, I guess I'll give you all your stuff. You know, what's interesting. And I know this is like kind of off topic here. But YouTube is, uh, they have to follow guidelines, like mm-hmm. copyright infringement and things like that. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. You, you try to upload a YouTube video with songs on it, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is a copyrighted song. You can't, uh, mm-hmm. maybe they'll let you do it, but then you can't profit from it or whatever. Or it get taken down. You get taken down, yeah. Yeah. TikTok? Is there no copyrights on TikTok? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know enough they, about TikTok to know. TikTok plays every song on planet Earth, 
and they have Joe Rogan clips on there. They have clips of everything. Dude, I wonder if it's like... Do you remember when uh, Napster first came out and like Metallica staged it? Like they're like Metallica and Dr. Dre. I remember they hated it, and they and and you know who got the worst end of the stick on that situation was Metallica and Dr. Dre. Like the public was generally like, "Hey, stop complaining. We want free music. Who cares? We want to pirate (laughs) this stuff for free." And I feel like to some degree, uh, that's still the case. Like people just they want to go with the free and easy services. So maybe TikTok is like so modern and new age and they're just like, well, we're just going to include your music with no copyright rights. And mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it? It's TikTok. We're the biggest, most cool thing out there for yeah. kids. And I bet artists are capitulating. They're like, Oh, who cares? So I guess, well, I mean, it's not music. like you can get a full song out of it True. or anything. So maybe that's it. And everything that if you watch a Joe Rogan podcast or a clip of a television, you know, it's, it's lengthwise on a phone and everything else is pano. So, or, or horizontal. So you don't quite get the same element mm-hmm. and maybe that's what they're like well it's not the full clip mm, so maybe Visually. that's what they're but but i still can go okay well i can sit here and watch a bunch of tiktoks of joe rogan and get the gist mm-hmm. right just like people do with our instagram they don't really listen to our podcast they mm-hmm. just listen to the things that we post assume mm-hmm. everything we post is just exactly the, just like the, the 60 second clips and they're like yeah i listened to that last episode you're an like, idiot no you, didn't. <laughs> no you didn't yeah that's true i i uh I do wonder that too, because I, I don't know enough about TikTok, but I do recognize, as you said, I'm going, yeah, there's a lot of like actual Are, are you songs. on Instagram? Yeah. Do you go to the Reels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reels are essentially TikTok. Yeah. And a lot of them are posted from TikTok. Yeah. I noticed that's a lot of, a lot of spillover, like TikTok videos on Reels. Mm-hmm. Um, but most, most recently, Joe Rogan had a doctor on who, and I think I talked mm-hmm. to another coworker, and he's this like world renowned, you can't deny his credentials. The guy is like an act, like the most published doctor on respiratory disease so he's like he is the guy you would look to as an expert on covid and he did a three-hour podcast with joe rogan where he basically just went in and was like listen i'm vaccinated with every vaccination possible i believe in vaccinations but and then he talked about monoclonal antibodies and how there's monoclonal how there's an active effort on some entities behalf to suppress the ability of people to get monoclonal antibodies and then what is the, oh, uh, ivermectin. He said mm-hmm. ivermectin's another one that he's like, you experienced it, Joe Rogan. You got flack for taking it, even though it's effective and it was effective. And he basically went on a three-hour tirade uh, as an ex- ultra expert on COVID and respiratory disease saying, I do think there's a cover-up. I think that they're pushing, they're suppressing other medications in order to promote uh a corporate if you think there's a cover do you believe that yeah 100 you believe that yes and we just did an episode on conspiracy theories and you're well, that wasn't one we read so i was picking amongst the ones. No, i understand but i'm just saying you you're you're sometimes your biggest argument is like why would why would how would you get enough people to cover that up but that's huge that's huge it is huge but here's the interesting part so why do you buy that from that? that uh that episode either got like censored or protested or like it had this huge uproar. Just does that, does that make you believe it more? Totally. Because I go, yeah, man, like everything the guy said on the interview was basically like, cause Joe Rogan kept asking the question, like, well, why, why do you think that's happening? What, who, who's involved with suppressing the good, you know, antidotes to COVID mm-hmm. and only promoting this only semi-effective vaccine. And the guy kept saying, I don't know, but I think that basically pharmaceutical corporations are somehow in bed with government and they are basically saying we want a monopoly on treating COVID and that's what we want. So he thought it was all about money and I could get behind that. It makes sense to me. (laughs) You're interesting with your conspiracy theories. 
Would you label that one a conspiracy theory? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. I was ready for you to say, no, that's facts. Have have you not? Yeah. Well, I mean, everything you said, I think, was a fact. (laughs) Have you not noticed that, though? Do you not feel that way? That there's obviously some some funky stuff going on with vaccines versus other treatments, alternative treatments like ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, there's something posted at the Salem Hospital that my friend sent me. I have it, and it. They're like, don't go to the Salem Hospital if you get COVID. You will die. Yeah. They will not. They refuse to treat you. And it even has a statement that says, if you want any of these things, we will not serve them to you, and we will call hospice for you. And you're like, yeah. what the crap? Yeah. What a weird thing to say. I mean, like, if you don't want to serve them, that's fine. But why would you even say we'll call hospice? Yeah. The, the this doctor said he go he he said that um, a the the general policy that he sees most common is with monoclonal antibodies is once you check in with COVID, they will never give you monoclonal antibodies, which I'm not really sure what those are other than I think they're basically built-in antibodies for sure. whatever. And he said, once you check in the hospital, they will never give you those. Like, it's yeah. part of their procedures. Once you check in, you don't get those anymore. You get, like... Because they don't the, get money or the what? respirator. Gotta, yeah. Here. But, dude, also, like, Pfizer is, a, is, like, a sponsor of CNN. Like, have you ever heard of, like, CNN going, oh, this story brought to you by Pfizer. And I go, how dude, is that possible? There's two kickers with COVID, which I didn't mean to get on this tyrant of COVID. I know. How are we back at COVID I don't know. Again? We'll get off of it. Trump and COVID. Is but, this a 2020? Dang it. What the heck? <laughs> dude, we are predictable. Stupid. So there's two things, though, that I go, there's there's no way. This doesn't make any sense. One, the line to get a COVID test. I just don't get it. If you're sick, you're sick. Why do you need to prove that you're sick? Mm-hmm. That one is like uh, so in your face. If you're going, okay, I, I'm sick, but I need to prove that I'm sick. So I have to wait in a... I mean, I've seen videos of these lines and i've driven by them by uh one of the clinics i visit a lot mm-hmm. the the lines are insane you go okay i want to wait three hours just to prove that i'm sick you would mm-hmm. know it just stay home yeah what, what is the test going to do it's not going to give you anything yeah you can feel you can tell it's it's like when i did my uh my ultra marathon i needed to get a negative covid test to participate or be vaccinated and i'm not vaccinated and i was like okay cool no problem i'll go get a negative covid test could not find a place to test me that didn't take days to get through yeah, it was right. crazy. So that that's one thing they go. Okay, that's that's a little fishy. Um, and two, the other thing is the way they measure COVID. This has been admitted by heads of the CDC and all that. They say the way we measure COVID death is if you die and had COVID, that's a COVID death. Mm-hmm. They fully admit this in every single medical thing everywhere. It's on video. You can see it. It's not anything they're hiding. This is in plain sight for everybody. And we're going, oh my gosh, everybody's dying of COVID. No, everybody's dying with COVID. Mm-hmm. But if you die of cardiac arrest, you die in a car accident, and you had freaking COVID, that's a COVID death. Mm-hmm. How do, I mean, how he do mentioned you look that past too. that? He mentioned that too, that he's like, all of a sudden, everything became a COVID death, no matter what your comorbidities were. You could be, you know, you, you could have bone cancer and old age who, and obesity. Who made that rule? Who sat there and said... This is a good idea. And then other people said, yeah, let's continue to count it that way. Yeah. I mean, I know that they got a certain amount of dollars for COVID deaths. Hospitals did. That's why. So everything comes down to money. Well, I think to some degree that is. I don't know, man. I think the last two years have taught us. Well, I shouldn't say taught us a lot, but exposed a lot that I go. Uh, It's made us not believe a lot. Exactly. We're all hyper skeptical now, or we should be. You're either buying in like sheep or you're hyper skeptical. But it Mm kind of sucks, though, because don't you want to believe in the institutions of America? You want to believe 
in yes, you want to believe in the good heartedness of an individual and an entity. Yeah. Does don't right? you feel like part of being an American is like you feel like you're part of this broader community that has a lot to be proud of and there's a certain culture that we all share despite, you know, regional differences and differences in the way we talk and things like that. And it just feels like a lot of that's gone because it feels like I guess I've realized in the last two years that a lot of those institutions are not as solid as I thought. And it kind of makes you redefine what is America and what is being an American and what am I proud of again? And how do I become proud of who I am as American? You know what I mean? Like kind of forced me to rethink about those things a little bit. Are you proud to be an American? I am still. Yeah. Why? You know, one of the reasons why is because I feel like despite all the media that wants to pit us against each other and despite presidents like Donald Trump and Joe Biden, who to some degree really are pretty divisive, like Joe Biden going on and saying, or no, it was the White House, sorry. They said, basically, if you're vaccinated, we're doing our best. And if you're unvaccinated, I hope you have like die from a cold, cold lonely death this winter. Well, that's mean. Yeah, some crazy stuff, like very divisive. And I go, well, that's true in the media level. But mm-hmm. in the day-to-day culture, I feel like Americans are still Americans. Like we still, there's still a sense of like respect and care and your car breaks down they're gonna help you out yeah or like if you like if you walk up to someone wearing a mask and you're not wearing a mask i don't feel like you're getting shouted down you know i feel like for the most part for the most part yeah but there are those videos that we see yeah i feel like there's still neighborly love and care you know like i just moved into my neighborhood and it's like i had five plates of cookies on my did you really yeah five plates of cookies on my doorstep you live in like you live a really in like a, little, like a little cul-de-sac that yeah. has like five people there. That's so true. You're in a little sub-community. Yeah, a little bubble. My my neighbor, they're moving, um, which is fine. They're kind of grouchy, and they've been there since these houses were built. So I I looked on Zillow. They sold it. Mm. So when the new people come, I'm going to be na- very neighborly. I'm going to bring them. I always think of lasagna, but I don't make lasagna, so that's not something I'm going to bring them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring them something. Yeah. Hey, when, when uh, Lynn and I had Matthew, and we were like cooped up for like two weeks, that was like one of the highlights of Lynn's that time was when you guys brought over food. She's like, oh my God, that was the best thing ever. Did we bring over food? Uh, I don't know if you were there, actually. Okay. Your wife did. Your wife is a good Well, neighbor. I was saying we were a, a good community we, neighbor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think nice she actually us. bought, I think it was like... Um, was it lasagna? No, it was like, it was a pasta dish of some sort. Yeah, probably with like garlic bread or something. It's really good though. Oh, and that nice stuck out. But those are the types of things that I still see today. Mm-hmm. They give me hope and go, okay, I Like still- a barbecue. Isn't that like American, like a yes. neighborhood barbecue? Oh, Guys, let's it. just all, the whole neighborhood Open your together. garages up. Everyone yeah. just like hangs out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I still see that. And, I, and I that's, think- why, that's why the mask and the distance thing can't survive. It can't. That's not our American culture. It's not who Ooh. we are. We're- and I, I see people wanting to fight it because don't you feel like even though the mask mandates are still fully enforced in Oregon, less and less people are wearing masks in places? Well, I feel like it, but that's, yeah. 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 Like, well... I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to keep continue down the COVID path because we we just not Trump, not COVID. You mean you don't want to just be a cliche of our old? Selves? Oh my gosh, it's like ridiculous. It. You know, I, I remember rewinding. If we rewind back, you go. You would never have thought we'd still be talking about this two years later. Right. At least that we're in it still. We we thought we'd be like, hey, remember when we were idiots? Yeah. Back then, I had to wear what, masks all the time yeah. and lockdown. Can't wait till this Netflix special comes out. What's the time frame? Yeah. For a Netflix special to come out and be like, remember the three years that mm-hmm. American. When is it going to be in a history like book? Dummies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. History books are fu- funny because when we were younger and in high school 20 years ago, mm-hmm. there's that, there's 20 more years of history that are now in the history books. Yeah. Like, do they study 9 11? Or, like, yeah, like when we were in high school going through 9 11, you didn't realize it was like going to be a huge yeah. 
Historical. I was there. Yeah. That, I mean, you know when you go, your grandpa was in World War II? Well, I was around at 9-11 and my kids weren't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember walking over from school at, on 9-11 and I was like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Didn't feel historical, but felt weird. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was a little different being way over here on the West Coast when it happened on the East Coast. But everything was grounded. And but you know, you know what else is interesting is like, and I, I heard this because when I was doing my ultra marathon and I was like running all the time, I had to find weird, obscure things to listen to. And one of them was Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. And he would literally have three or four hour long podcast about a specific historical event. Very obscure. But he would say how, you know, the history is written by the winners. And yeah, I think I mentioned that to you before and you were like, yeah, I don't know about that. But you realize how much of things we read in history are, they're written from a perspective. Mm -hmm. And you don't always know, like, if you went to the other person's perspective, how would they perceive history? Yeah, no, it's an intriguing thought. And with all the technology we have and all the documentaries that go on, I mean, it, it that isn't, yeah. it would be fun to, to watch things like that. Like I often watch documentaries on the revolutionary war, which is like my favorite. And I go, I wonder how British people perceive American culture and Americans. Well, it's just like things you don't really think about. Like when I went to Ireland and how much they hate the British, cause I actually wore a British shirt one time and I was getting oh. all these dirty looks. And then mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm American. And then they found out I was American later. And I was I, I said, babe, I'm not, I'm not wearing that shirt anymore. And come to find out all their history is like them yep. getting raped and murdered by the British. They hate the British. Uh, they hate the British. And I, I wonder like if you went over there and you were like, Hey guys, what do you think happened in the revolution there? <laughs> They'd be like, well, we basically just chose to leave you guys alone after a little while. We fought you guys for a while. And then we just chose to leave you alone. We were better than you. Yeah. We were better than you, but we it's just too far away. It was too far away. It was too much work. We just mm-hmm. didn't want to bother versus like, Oh, we lost. Right? Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, well, also, the history that happens now, mm-hmm. we have so much video of everything. Mm, There's yeah. video, I mean, we have phones that record everything, but then we just have, we have ring cameras in every freaking house. We have surveillance cameras on all businesses. So, there's always video that happens. Like, 9-11 was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And we have video of a plane crashing into a building. Well, it's, so it's, you, it's true. It's like they talked about... Um, World War II is like one of the first wars that was like heavily videotaped. Mm. And like there's like a History Channel documentary that's umpteen hours long and it's uh, World War II in, in color. color. Yeah. yeah. So, and so it's like, it's true. You get to see Hitler, you get to see the stormtrooper guys, you get to see the SS, you get to see the, you know, the D Day invasion. That is the first war we ever got to see. And it makes you wonder if it has a more profound impact on our culture because we've, we have video. I heard that Saving Private Ryan, there were scenes of invasion of Normandy, that beach, were so real that they had to have like med, uh, support lines for veterans, World War II veterans mm. when that movie came out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that movie being really real. When I went to France and I didn't, it never registered with me when I was younger because you just think Germany was our enemy, but Normandy was in France. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. that's where that beach was. Mm-hmm. And then we went to visit France and we had the opportunity to go visit that beach. And I was like, I want to do that. It was a four hour drive and we ended up feeling really tired. So the day that came that we could have done it, we didn't do it. And I still regret that. I'm like, man, it would have been so cool to go. Isn't to that that weird how when you travel, you go like, Oh, I have all these big ideas. And then when you actually travel, a lot of times you, you suffer from like fatigue and jet lag and you're like, oh, yeah. you don't live it up as much as you want to. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. You know? I imagine that. Like, if I, I've never been to Europe, but I go, I am worried if I went to Europe, I'd just be exhausted by everything. Well, I, I'm not so much the corporate culprit. I'm, I live off of little sleep. 
mm-hmm. but it's the people I travel with. My wife, she gets really exhausted. We went to Rome one time with a group of six of us, and I remember landing, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. By the time we got to the hotel, everybody had to take naps, and I was like, what? We're in Rome. I've never been to Rome. Let's go Let's go Rome around Rome. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, nah, we're taking a nap. So I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I went by myself and found a bar and just hung out with different Romans, and Ooh. it was awesome, but... I don't Not Everybody shares that venture. I think you'd be a good person to travel with. Cause I do think you would, I remember even just weird things. Like when I, I didn't know you very well. I think I'd known you maybe like a year to some capacity. And we traveled to like Texas to do like a training. And I remember mm, you're right. just, you're way about going about the whole Texas trip. I was like, dude, I would have gone straight from the conference room to the hotel and back to the conference <laughs> room and to the airport. And you were like, let's go out to a Did movie. Did we go to Six Flags? We, no, we didn't go to Six oh. Flags, but we were like, went to this weird mall with a movie and we saw a movie. And then oh, when yeah. we were done, we were just like wandering around the parking lot. And I was like, I don't even know if we're in a good neighborhood, man. Like, Yeah, I remember we walked somewhere and we got a bunch of snacks. And then, yeah, came, yeah that's right. I remember just thinking, oh, this is like how you roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm I think tired. I took Moser to Texas one time mm-hmm. and we went to Six Flags. Yeah, that rings a bell, actually. But I think you told me about that. Yeah. No, whatever's around there, we're going to do. Because yeah. you don't just travel and not do things. Yeah, well, that's good, though. Because I do recognize there's a lot of times I travel places and I don't live it up and I regret it. No. Remember that time? You, you didn't went- go to Normandy, though, so. Well, okay. Remember that time we went to Palm Springs and I was like, dude, just take an extra day with your wife. And you're like, nah, I need to get back home. And it was, was like, the worst what? day, extra day I ever took. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that, me at home. Unfortunately, that was a bad day. All right, yeah. well, let's talk about what your do you, do you have new year's resolutions you just oh, talked about your ultra marathon that you were that you you can't shut up about yeah i can't shut up about it. it's <laughs> are funny. you ever going to do an ultra marathon again probably not no <laughs> i think i learned my lesson i actually remember i recanted this to uh, my brother and a co-worker uh, who just ran a half marathon and oh yeah i saw that i said screen. uh hey good job guys that's awesome how was it and they're like oh it sucked and I said, yeah, I remember running the ultra marathon and there was actually points at in middle of the race where I was like audibly saying to myself on the run in, alone in the forest, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I, I, <laughs> I said this out loud to myself in the forest. So no, no more, more ultra marathons. I don't think I'm built for that. It's, it's confirmed. Also, just to be clear, you, I know we talked about this before, but you, you skipped the 10 K yes. and the half marathon, the marathon and yes. went straight to the, the ultra, ultra marathon, which one other person, cause I didn't tell a lot of people about it. I told like three people about it. Um, but one of the three people was like, what? I'm just curious. Like, why don't you do like a regular marathon first? And I was <laughs> right. like, I don't know. I'm not doing that. And here's the thing. I don't feel like it's super impressive to say I did an ultra marathon. You just sound kind of braggadocious. Uh-huh. If you go, yeah, I ran a marathon. That just sounds like, wow, you accomplished something. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a trackable thing that people know what it is. But when you mm-hmm. say ultra, it just sounds like you're putting like a sprinkle of like, <laughs> arrogance on top yeah, of a regular exactly <laughs> i i want to i would love to have a marathon sticker what's that 23.1 or something like that uh-huh it's that sticker and just be like yeah i've done that i've done yeah. that before or an iron man or something i'd be getting pissed. ultra i'd be getting pissed because i'd be like but i ran an ultra mm-hmm. i also only i call it an ultra and i don't call it ultra marathon i say ultra i just call it an ultra because well, i feel like that's cooler that it's not cooler just like anyways you know, it means nothing to everybody yeah actually. well it was an amazing feat of athleticism yeah cool uh, my New Year's resolutions. It's weird. Do you like New Year's resolutions? Well, I don't in the sense that when somebody says, well, what's your New Year's resolutions? And if you tell me and you spout off a bunch of stuff right now and I go, okay, great. Did you write it down? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, uh, no, usually it's like not yet. Right. That's what mm-hmm. usually people mm-hmm. say. And they're like, oh yeah, I got it written down. And you're like, okay, cool. Did you map it out? And then like, 
what do you map it out? I don't like so the the first step is yes, I have New Year's resolutions. They're all the same. Lose weight, get healthy, mm-hmm. I don't Eat know. Better. Yeah, whatever. Run more, and yeah. and then but nobody freaking writes it down. So mm-hmm. it's not really anything. And yeah. New Year's resolution is nothing unless you write it down and and I put the caveat in there, map it out. Yeah. Well, it's like uh it's like when you go to the gym like the old the the joke. I don't know if you have ever heard this kind of like cliche which is like when you go to your your regular gym every other day of the year, you go there and it's normal. But then somehow January one, you walk in, it's like packed with people mm, and they're just all doing weird exercises and you're just like, oh, dude, this shake is weights. A, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I kind of feel like that with New Year's resolutions. Like I'm a person who I kind of live my life in a pretty intentional way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like New Year's resolutions are kind of like my life. You know, it's like I, I feel like I generally always have goals. Yeah, I always have them planned, and I'm always taking steps towards them. And New Year's is no different, you know. Right. Except for when I get to New Year's, it's like all of a sudden everybody's got goals and plans, and they're all. It's like a flooded market of goals mm. and plans. So that's I, I wouldn't say I have any. No, I'm not dissimilar. Like I have, I've had before. I'm thirty. Well, I've had a before I'm twenty five list, before I'm thirty list, before I'm thirty five. Now I have a before I'm forty list because I'm you know I'm near in there. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple things that I want to do on there, but uh, like. Like do a um, uh, tough mutter. Mm-hmm. I've done them before, but I just want to do one more under my belt. Mm-hmm. That or a hood to coast or something big, like maybe a marathon. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think hood to coast or, or or tough mutter is probably more attainable for me. Marathon just sounds exhausting to train for. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I do have those. But then I was with I was at my sister's house and we were just talking about New Year's resolutions and I was like, you know. I, she goes, do you have goals? And I said, yeah, of course I do. And I reflected back to my phone because that's where they're all written. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I should update these because some of them I don't care about. You know, I mean, things when you have five-year spans, so at 35, I adjusted them. I said, okay, these are all before I'm 40. And then I looked at them and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't, mm-hmm. that that no longer has the same meaning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just went through, I went through a spreadsheet and I wrote them down and totally mapped them out. One, my friend is, uh, he he's, he got down to like 200 pounds and mm-hmm. that may, may mean nothing, but he weighed a little bit more than that. And we always teased about our weight. And then he was over at my house the other day. And he's like, dude, you got to stand outside of Seven uh, Eleven. I don't remember what the bet was like naked or in my boxers or a speedo. So or something was the, like that. the bet was like, whoever gets, whoever gets to 200 pounds. And oh, I was okay. like, Oh dude, that bet was from a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's written down and there was no, there's no <laughs> he, asterisk. He's like, it was, a, it was agreed upon. And, I go, ah, oh, that sucks. And he goes, I tell you what, if you can get to 200 by June, you know, you don't have to do it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So that that immediately made it to my resolution. Mm-hmm. And I weighed myself. And I don't know what you think I weigh. What do you think I weigh? I would say 235. Yeah, 235 is a good guess. Because I look pretty freaking bulk. Like, I'm muscular. I'm ripped. Mm, and Okay, we'd that. say that. But anyway. Yeah. But I mean, like, proportionally, my wife always says, you look fine for your size right like i don't look fat i don't feel like i was 245 when i weighed myself 245 and that immediately threw off all of my goals because i thought i was 235 right which is what you said so that's pretty accurate and then i weighed myself i was like 245 oh my gosh i have to change all of my goals to try to get down there what do you think i weigh uh well knowing that i weigh 245 and you're not too dissimilar to me (laughs) i would say you're probably 235 228 228 isn't that weird oh wow i feel like i look bigger than you yeah you might have a lot of gas in you or something maybe i don't know but it's 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 well in certain areas i have really thick um calves Mm, yeah (laughs) 
I have noticed actually your thick calves. My calves no, you're proportionate huge. though. That's true. You are proportionate. I think you're one of the lucky people because they say that women carry a lot of their weight like in their butt and in their thighs. So like when they mm-hmm. get fat, they get like big butts, big thighs. And men, when they gain weight, they get it all in their like gut and like their love handles. You don't really get any of that necessarily. You just get just bigger. Got bigger. Yeah. yeah. Like I know people, my doctor describes me, he goes, your, your body type is like a tight end. Uh-huh. You're just, yeah. you, you've, you're bulk kind of everywhere. But I do notice I, I, I'm, I have sleep apnea supposedly my wife tells me i snore i hate sleeping with that machine when i got down to 215 i didn't snore oh, and really? i didn't need to sleep with that machine so i do know there's some weight related things so i want to get down there i just yeah. want to that's one of my things is that interesting how we focus on weight so much because every expert will tell you weight isn't the most important thing you it's, know? it's freaking irritating because out of all new year's resolutions if you're going to say hey what's your new year's resolution and you say i'm going to lose weight and i'm the freaking idiot that's saying that but mm. i really do i mean, that's like a, and i'm going to i it has been the hardest how many days six days of this year where i'm like i just want to eat i love sugar and i want to mm. eat it and i have my marshall's made up diet that i'm doing mm-hmm. where i don't eat anything with more than 13 grams of sugar now mm. all the stuff that's that i should be doing also i have a goal of doing a certain amount of push-ups my son goes what what are you doing I go, I'm doing 10 push-ups. He goes, why? I go, because I'm starting with 10. Mm. I'm starting with 10 a day because, and it sounds easy, but I'm not trying not to make it difficult because next month is 20, and then the next month after that is 30, and the next month after that is 40. And when you start doing 50 push-ups a day, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. So wow. I'm just, I'm not trying to overwhelm myself. You know, those people that get to the gym and they like overwork themselves or when you go, I'm going to start running and then they go out there and they run four miles and you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Or, or it's like a, that. I know people like that. They go like, okay, I'm going to start running. And then they escalate it so quickly that they blow their body out. And you're like, right. dude, you are not going to make this fun for yourself. Well, I do that sometimes. I go, yeah. you know, I'm going to actually do three miles instead of one yeah. mile. And then I can't breathe at the oh, end. Dude. T- pacing yourself in anything. I feel like this is an issue. This would be an issue for you. Uh, and it is for me, too. It's like pacing yourself. Like, can you stick to a really slow, methodical, linear approach? It is so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's... Because you, um, you want results fast. Yeah, it's like Whole30. Like, Whole30 literally in the name is a 30-day program. And mm-hmm. I did it for like six months. Yeah. Because yeah, you're doing like, it wrong. Yeah. I was like... I, I And I did. I realized. Now I do a totally different thing. Whole30 is out the window. I'm like, okay, I... Oh, I did Whole30 and Whole60 and Whole90. And then I was <laughs> like, why? I'm just being competitive weirdly about this. Like, I can do this forever. I don't need to do it forever. And it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. But it's like exercise too. It's like CrossFit, man. Like that's one of the reasons, the big knocks against CrossFit is it's like zero to a hundred. Like you can't mm. go to a CrossFit gym without being like full blown, entrenched in the culture, pushed to the limits, injuring yourself. And it's like, it's not healthy. Yeah. I also feel like like we, we teach this at work. Make your goals achievable where I go, okay, I don't want to drink beer. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it makes me feel good. But I'm going to be a little realistic. Um, I put on my thing, no more than two beers a month. Yeah. Because maybe I'm in an environment where we, I visit someplace and we go to this cool brewery and there's going to be beer there, right? Sure. So I'm trying to be a little realistic and not just go, I'm not doing that. I don't do it. I just don't want to have the, I don't do that in my diet. I want to have a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that in there. But I actually, I feel like I did a good job because I was on vacation when New Year's happened and I was in Texas. I had the opportunity to just map it out. I picked some well, personal stuff, work stuff. I picked some podcast stuff. Interesting. I, I probably should write mine down more. I think one difference. Well, no, I don't know. Actually, you seem a little bit private with your goals too. Like you I do? Ta- well, you talk about 
having goals, but you don't talk about specifically what they are very often. I just went into my weight. Yeah, you just did for the first time ever that these people have heard. Okay. But that's one. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't get into the other stuff. But you don't, like you said, you have a spreadsheet full of things or uh-huh. you have a bunch of things written down. I don't know what any of those are. Like you right. always say, I have financial goals, but I don't know exactly what they are. Yeah, right? why would I share that with you? Right. You. Why would you share it with most people? And that's me too. And that that's actually an issue for executing goals is that I don't, it's like an accountability thing. It's like, mm. I'm accountable to myself and only me. Only I know if I fail though, which I don't know if that's the best thing. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Like ma- like making the ultra marathon as public as I did was partly because I was like, if I don't, I might not do it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. If you made it public, you would do it? No, meaning like uh, the reason that I talked about it as much as I did, like in- admittedly, nobody knew I was doing it until about yeah. eight weeks before. But I was trying to make sure people knew about it so that there was a little bit of pressure, like you have to do it because people know. Because mm-hmm. if I had done my normal thing and kept it to myself, it may be higher likelihood that I would just be like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is about why I, like, I I don't share my goals a lot with a lot of people. And it's not because I'm afraid of achieving them. I just don't want you to, I, I don't want any judgment cast on my goals. I guess. Mm, yeah. Is it anything about um, people going like, like let's say a financial goal, they would go, oh, like you're that advanced? Like where you Could you're, be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that with myself a little bit where I go, part of it is I don't think people would always relate to my goals. Right. I mean, even running, if they're like, oh, I mean, dude, if you showed me yours and your, your running goal was 60 miles a month, I'd be like, frick, I'm not. Yeah. That, cool. Too much. I, yeah. I mean, but if if it was like fifteen, I'd be like, cool. Like yeah. that's a that's a goal I would share with you because mm-hmm. I feel like it's nothing to be ashamed about, but it's not out of reach. Yeah. And so that could be some of mine that I that I feel like maybe some people would cast some sort of judgment on me mm-hmm. for going. That's not realistic. And I go, no, hundred percent in my mind. If I put my mind to it, uh-huh. I, I it it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot of my goals too. Is that I I'm supremely confident I can achieve mm-hmm. them all. And I actually feel like in, in a weird way, there's empowering, there's empowerment in privacy. Like I like when I achieve goals quietly, hmm. you know, like there's a little bit of like, mm, I did it and no one knows about maybe it. Maybe we need to have a few mutual goals here that you and I share. Maybe I was thinking that maybe we should share some of the goals. Cause for example, you were just saying you had like a physical goal. Like I want to do pushups and lose a little bit of weight. And I go, yeah. Oh, that'd be great, dude. Cause if you were to challenge me with something physical, I would love that. I can tell you what they are. Go for it. It's well. I, I already told you. I got to get down to. I got to get down to two hundred. Well, I, and I don't know if two hundred is even healthy for me. My wife asked me that. She goes, "Is two hundred healthy for you?" Is that weird? Because okay, for example, when I was probably uh, twenty, even as late as twenty five, which I mean, given that was like over ten years ago, I was routinely around one hundred eighty five pounds. But now I cannot even imagine how gaunt I would look. Yeah, I don't know that two hundred is healthy. I think two fifteen, two twenty is probably healthy for me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I've mapped it out to two hundred, and and we'll find out if I start looking sickly. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends, he lost a lot of weight, and I'm like, you look like you have cancer, so gain some weight. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I I put on there ten. So just this is just this month. I can show you later my my map for it if you want. Uh, ten ten push ups a day which is not hard, just like right before you go to bed, go boom, boom, boom. Uh, 15 pull-ups a week. Mm-hmm. Proven challenging as I don't have a pull-up bar. Mm. So I've got to figure that out. That is challenging. And I have like two days left of this week to figure out how to do that. And it's one in my house if you ever need it. How, can you do a pull-up? Yeah. Okay. How many can you do? I could probably do 12. 12 pull-ups? Yeah, but it's 
That is, I will admit, that's a feat. Yeah, that's... Because most people that I know are like, can either not do one or can maybe do one or two. Also, I don't know if you know, but weight pays a fact, plays a fact Big in that. Big time. When people are like, yeah, I can do like 25 pull-ups, I go, well, you weigh 120 yeah. pounds. That's like when I started CrossFit and I was like, oh, I shouldn't be trying to lift heavier weights. I should be trying to lose weight so the, <laughs> the lighter weights look better on me. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, it's 15 pull-ups a week, so I don't feel like I'm tied every day to it. Yeah. Because push-ups are easy to do. You just, right before bed, yeah. you can you can do them anywhere yeah um and then i want to run 15 miles uh, a month mm. so that and that seems super doable i right? love that i love that because there are things that you don't want to do in excess like running in excess is probably not good for people of our stature yeah right. and so 15 miles a month is like the right amount to go okay, it's like one mile every other day one mile every other day which even that could feel or a little it's two miles every three days right yeah and and that th- that's what i want like i actually uh text kara and we used to do little running challenges once mm-hmm. in a while. And I said, hey, Carolyn, you know, let's do a running challenge. And she's like, oh, I'm not doing them. It's winter time. It's cold. It's gross. Like she goes, I'm doing something <laughs> else. I go, oh, that's lame. But I was thinking, I don't want anything crazy. Just like 15, 20 miles a month is Because the problem is if I set it any higher than that, which I could, the second I don't do it, I didn't meet my goal. Dude. And, and here's the other thing. If you get too many people involved with a challenge that you that really should have a govern on it, right? Like running. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want you to be out there, you, running five miles every day. I feel like if I told you run five miles every day for the month, it'd be an unhealthy move. Like that's not good for you. And I, we did I wouldn't a, be able to breathe. I we did, a, right we did a running challenge in October with like my brother, myself, and like four other coworkers. And... I ran like 70 miles that month, which is the most I'd ever run in a month at that point. And the two people who won, one of well, the one person who won in the second place, my brother and another guy, they ran 120 miles in a Whoa. month. And I'm like, dude, that's, you won. Treadmill you, miles or no, real, real miles? No, real miles. Holy on the, crap. Yeah. And they were not playing around with like times. It wasn't like they were running 11 minute miles. They were running like eight and a half minute miles, ten, you know, eight to nine. And I go... You won, but you kind of lost too, man. Like, is your body broken right now? <laughs> oh, they don't look that in shape. No, they don't. They for don't running that. Are you sure they ran that? Hundred percent. Because I was trying to keep it wrong. It was insane, dude. They could, but here's the thing: they would go out, and every time they would put their feet on the pavement, they would be running six to ten miles every single time. Hmm. Whereas I would go out and run like a mile. Well, I I think my by the time I I, I didn't do a whole year, I just mapped out six months because mm-hmm. I figure I'm going to reevaluate it after six months, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I get in six months. I'll I'll share that with you. But it's 15 miles in January. It's like 20 miles in February, and then maybe it goes to 25, and it, it doesn't increase by sure. a crazy amount. Because the reality is, once you get to June, you're like, oh, that is a crazy amount. But mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you exhausted yourself to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, running is, I think, is good for you in small doses. I need to figure out how to do a pull-up. Like, I need, not that I don't know how to do one. I need a pull-up bar. I have one of those ones that goes in a doorway, but it's extremely unnerving. Dude, I'll, I'll send you a link to one. It's $100. Okay. It's really good quality. Where do you put it? And you could put it, I'm looking around here. You've got a lot of places. You, it just bolts in your wall. I mean, obviously it has to be beams, but yeah. it's really easy to install. Yeah. It's the one I have. Right. Yeah, I feel like I could drop one right there with those beams, but you, yeah. but the ones that, you know, the ones that go in the doorway that you're like, yes, it's sketchy. It's that's what I mean. I'm, I'm on it and I'm going, there's no way this no. was built to hold my weight. No. And all you ever see is like TikTok and reels of people doing those and failing and falling out of the sky and just breaking themselves. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Um, hilarious uh so 
I was in, uh, this is weight related, right? So this, cause I just went to a water park when I was in Austin. So outside of Austin's round rock where my sister lives and the nation's largest indoor water park is there. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go to it. My other sister got me some gift certificates. So we went there and before that, um, cause this, we went on this one, uh, this time and I'll tell you this weight story, but, um, I don't know. It was like five years ago. We went to Mexico and we were in Tijuana and we went on uh, to a water park there in Tijuana, Mexico, which seems like it doesn't have as much regulation. Some of those rides were like, this is super sketchy, rusted bars, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. Mm -hmm. Well, they had this one slide where you slide down, you fly up in the air, Mm -hmm. right? I'm sure you've seen those before Mm -hmm. you slide down and you fly up in the air and we get to the top and it looks scary. It's a little nervous and nerve wracking and nobody's going down it. And I, I was like one of the first ones to go down. There's a guy at the top telling you when you can go. And I said, okay. And he goes, uh, oh no, you go head first down. I go head first. Why would I ever go head first down? Right? Right? I go, no, I'm going to go feet first. And he goes, okay. And I go feet first. Well, the reason you go head first is because you slide down and then it shoots you upwards. And when Mm. you shoot upwards, your feet are facing the pool. Right. So if you go feet first, you have to flip yourself. You somehow have to flip yourself. My feet went first and I'm flying up in the air and I look out and all I can see is cement Mm. everywhere. And because my feet aren't facing the pool and I can't look down, I'm looking out uh, at this cement and all I can think about now time slows down drastically when this happens. Right. Mm -hmm. And all I can think about is they did not account for a fat American going <laughs> down this, and I launched so far because of my weight that I'm going on. <laughs> they the didn't cement. do the physics for a fat American. <laughs> yes, they did not account for that. Freaking Mexico, oh. and I thought I was gonna die. And all I can do is like flail my arms and until I can kind of locate the water over my back shoulder, and then I land on the water on my back. Oh. It hurts so bad, and all I could think about was, thank God I landed on water. I didn't even care that oh, it hurt so bad. Yeah. Just glad you didn't land in the parking lot. <laughs> and then the same thing happened to me this time when I went to I went on these this inner tube ride with my kids, and the inner tube shot us up in the air, and I'm facing backwards, and I'm like, oh no, same thing happened again. Mm-hmm. They didn't account for my weight, and we're gonna fly out of this thing because I couldn't see. And that's like I was, it was uh, safe. I was going to uh, Opal Opal Creek, I think, and this yeah. was before it was like the most popular place ever. And there's a a pool at the end, and there's like a forty foot, you know, like jump. It's probably thirty feet. Yeah, like a rock jump off. Yeah, yeah, like a rock jump off. And there's no like, it's a natural thing. It's like they didn't build that for people to jump into. People just do jump in. And I'm not like the best swimmer, and I'm not the most competent in water. And I just was like, okay, so, but like the rocks kind of stick out a little bit, so you don't want to just like Mm. come off the edge and just fall straight down because you'll bounce off the rocks and die. But then you also have to jump far enough that you like you get out to the water, but you don't want to jump too far because then there's another super like, sketchy. Yeah, and I go okay, and I was just like hyper confident that I was like I I got this, and then I immediately just like I did like a weird trot up to the edge, and then I jumped, and I go I overshot this, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to, but it's just weird how it all worked out, and I actually plunked right into it, and I was like this is great, but isn't immediately in midair I go I messed. This isn't it weird how time up. can just slow down? And it really did. When they say your life flashes before your eyes in certain yes. moments, you're like yeah that that's what happens. Yeah. I remember being in the air, which felt like an eternity and thinking, I'm definitely going to die here. And I hope someone comes in and saves me out of the water because I'm going to land unconscious. Do you think you're not a very good swimmer? I'm a terrible swimmer. Really? 
Well, I'm. I would. I guess I'm average, probably. Like, um, could you? So, could you swim a mile if you had to? Because a mile is a long time. No, I don't think I could. I think I'd probably. Well, I don't know. Because you Isn't can like that the Ironman. You have to swim like two or three. Yeah. Or four so, miles. so like that's a good, um, an interesting thing. So Todd, who we work with, yeah. he did a half Ironman, and I I didn't really know what that was, but he was like, "Hey, man, you have kayak a kayak. Could you for some training like?" kayak behind me while i swim down the river in case i you know drown or something sure he's a really good swimmer he just jumped right into the water and got into a raging current and he swam like a half mile and he was like totally fine and they got out and he did a bike ride and i go oh i could not do that for sure could really? not do that yeah oh like, so when i was i mean when i was back in boy scouts i had i did a mile swim got my mile patch that was a long freaking time dang that took a me a time. long time to do it and then as a grown adult, we went to this lake uh, for Labor Day. And I remember going, ah, I can swim across that. My confidence is huge. Mm-hmm. I started swimming halfway and I was like, I don't think I can make it. <laughs> and so I started swimming back. Mm-hmm. And on my way back, all my muscles were giving out. I was like, I'm about to drown. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. And well, that was the first time in my life I thought, oh my gosh, drowning is 100% possible for me. Yeah. that's Well, it's weird because part of me, the the incompetent part of me is like, well, couldn't you just kind of float on your back a little bit and like, no, nah, not when your rest? muscles give out. Yeah. But then I go, no, cause when you get that tired, you just kind of sink, you mm-hmm. know, like you flail and you tighten up. And, and you go, hear about that all the time. People drowning. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not. Uh, no, swimming is something I don't mess around with. Like heights. I, I, I'm not afraid of heights, but I take stuff real seriously when I'm high in the air. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, like planes, planes are things where like, I'm never not aware when I'm in a plane that I'm like, if one thing goes wrong, there's no surviving this. Well, that's not true. I'm yeah. sure one thing goes wrong all the time. Yeah, that's true. But, but sometimes you see, like, sometimes I've like looked out and I've seen the wing and I go, that flap looks a little looser. Right oh there. man. So coming back from Texas, <laughs> we were landing and, uh, and then we could, we could probably, we should probably wrap up here. Right. Probably. Maybe unless you want to keep going. This is a filibuster. I'll, I'll, I'll end with I'll end with this plane flight here. So we're going we're coming in and the wind was so bad. So bad the, the I'm not exaggerating the plane was almost sideways. And my wife doesn't like plane rides and she's freaking out and I'm like, "Ah, it's fine. My kids, I'm trying to keep them calm." I'm like, you know, the they land in Chicago, it's the windy city, yada yada yada. But there was I was like, "Oh my gosh," at some points because it was it, it, up until we the wheels touched the ground. We were going swaying back and forth mm. dramatically, but then we hit the two wheels on the ground. Wasn't that bad. And, uh, and then everybody, literally everybody on the plane started clapping because they oh, were all. Weird. So at that point I was like, okay, so everybody else was, so we were all in too. danger. Yeah, we yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, it, nothing more relieving landing. Although I will admit that this is a weird thing about me and maybe this, maybe it isn't weird. I just think it's weird. Landing is the scariest part to me. Really? Yeah, it's weird because like you see yourself coming down and you see the runway below you going like a hundred and some odd miles. I mean, it's four hundred miles an hour, yeah. right? And then and then all of a sudden you're just you're floating, and then the second the wheels grab pavement, it's just like a lurch, and you're like, how is this thing not like wobbling over? And how are the shocks not broken right. on those things? I, I mean, the way you hit it, you're just like boom. You know, uh, Travis Barker, the drummer for Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, he's dating like a Kardashian now. Okay. He did not. Very interesting that you know all of that that you just said. I know. I know weird things about pop culture, but he, uh, he. You know almost nothing. So that surprises me. Yeah, true. But I, what I do know, I'm very like sure of. Okay. He did not fly and he was in a, like a major band and he's been a celebrity for a very long time, like since the nineties. He did not fly in planes for like 20 years. And it's just like. Took a tour bus? It made like news that when he got with this Kardashian lady, he started flying. And I thought, oh, that's weird. It turns out that somebody, there was a plane crash and somebody died. 
So, I, don't, I don't know what you just said. Is that our but exit you, music? No, what you did is you, you said something to my computer and Siri popped on and it just started playing. That's like a music. Dude, that's, that's awesome. That's like a uh, what a, an award show where you've talked too long. Your speech yep. went too long. Uh, it's working us off. So we wrapped well, it up. Yeah. Well, welcome to the new year. Enjoy January sixth, the new holiday, the new democratic holiday, mm-hmm. and uh, welcome to the Two Opinion Guest Podcast. I'm Marshall, and this is Aaron. Welcome.